You are entering a space of thoughts and jokes, of echoes and analysis, a stopover from sense, a sojourn from sincerity, the cross-section between entertainment and bewilderment, a limitless void of laughter and curses from which few escape. You've just crossed the border into the spooky spot. Hello. And welcome to the Spooky Spot. It's a podcast about anthology shows, currently focused on the Twilight Zone. Uh, my name is Jess. I'm Liz. And yes, we're watching the Twilight Zone. Here we are. Ta-da! Ta-da! Still watching. It's true. Congratulations on six weeks. Congratulations on us not forgetting or quitting. <laughs> it's true. It, I'm... I said it last week, but I'm very proud of us. <laughs> uh, I'm proud every week that we do it, and don't forget. Ladies and gentlemen, I apologize for any dog slurping noise you may hear. The dog is very slurpy tonight. <laughs> I'm not sure if it gets picked up on the mic because it's in the other room, but it's very loud. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll leave some of it in so people can hear. <laughs> 1-800-ARE-YOU-SLORPING? So today... We watched episode six, Escape Clause. Santa's Clause escapes from the North Pole. <laughs> In which Santa Claus escapes, <laughs> escapes from his indentured servitude. Or when we first watched the episode, you asked me if I'd seen all the Santa Claus movies. <laughs> yeah. Because I swear to God, one of them was called The Escape Clause. And I, we still never looked it up. We ne- yeah, you'll have to kill me. <laughs> what? I, I won't look it up. <laughs> I won't do this research on the Santa Claus movies. And I will. Whatever. Okay. But, listeners, it is not about Santa Claus. <laughs> no, this is not about Santa Claus. This is about a man who wants to cheat death, but then walks right into death. Same. <laughs> so we open uh, on an apartment building in which a man is getting checked out by a doctor. And the opening narration tells us that he's a hypochondriac. Walter Bettiger, age 44, and he's all bundled up in bed. He's got a scarf on. He's looking really haughty over at the dock. Did you find out an escape clause question? Santa Claus 3, the escape clause. (laughs) Boom! (laughs) I've only seen the first one. Never seen any of them. Maybe half of the second one. Never seen a single one. All right, okay, okay. How did I know one was called the escape clause? All right, Walter Bettiger. So Bettiger's looking over at the doctor, and he's got a very haughty expression while he's got the thermometer in his mouth. I know what words are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the score, I, I want to mention the, the little score here, because it's like a really sultry saxophone. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> Set in the wrong mood, guys. Yeah. Unless he's going to fuck this doctor. Hey. Which he doesn't. Yet, no, <laughs> <laughs> that we know of. Mm. Mm. Dude's there like every day. Yeah, he was a hypochondriac because he wanted to see the doctor more. Oh my god, what a story! So Good fuck. What a story. Oh, what a story. Damn, that'd be a good one. Oh, back to the drawing board with that one. There you go. Just gonna wad up this draft and throw it out, <laughs> and then they fucked. The end. <laughs> And so the narration goes on to tell us that uh, he's afraid of death, disease, other people, <laughs> germs, drafts, and everything, everything else. Everything. Absolutely everything. He is only concerned with how the world would ever go on without him if he were to die. Just him. Just him. The most important man in the world, right here. Yeah, Walter Bettiger. Walter Bettiger. Barely leaves his bed. <laughs> Walter. Too, too bad. Com- too busy complaining. Walter bed. Digger. No. (laughs) Oh, God. So the dog takes his blood pressure and takes the blood pressure thing off his arm, picks up all his crap and, you know, starts putting it away. And Bettiger, from bed, demands to know what's wrong with him. He's like, well, what's wrong with me? So he's something. How am I dying? And the doctor's like, no. There's not... (laughs) Of course, there's nothing wrong with you. It's it's fine. And he's like... Well, what about my back hurts and I can't sleep? And he's like, you're fucking making that up. You're making him sound very hoity when he's more of just a 
mean drama queen. It's true. He's a very <laughs> extra drama queen. He's not. Ho- he's not hoity. He's he's just mean and a drama queen. <laughs> a lot hoity haughty. H a u g hoity toity. Hoity toity. <laughs> Flamboyant. <laughs> he's just mean. He's a a mean girl. More than any other mean girl we've seen yeah. so far. Yeah. The meanest girl. Yeah. Walter Bettiger. And so the doctor's like, no, your issues are all psychosomatic. And he's like, the fuck what? You're lying. You mean I made this up? Me? Me? <laughs> so he's like, well, ain't that just like a doctor? You go to school for ten years and you think you know shit about medicine? <laughs> you don't know shit about shit. You are a quack. You're a fucking quack. He says, he calls him a quack three times. Yeah. In the span of like two minutes. Yeah. His wife comes in and she's just a very nice plain looking woman who looks, looks like she puts up with a lot. Looks, she looks very tired. <laughs> she does look very tired. Very tired. Somebody help this woman. No, she's stuck. So she, uh, comes in, asks the doctor what's wrong and Walter's like, don't talk to him, he's an idiot. <sighs> And she's like, okay, Doc, what's actually wrong? <laughs> I, I can't believe this very nice woman married this awful drama queen. I also just thought of, like, she you don't really see her leave the house. She's always just sitting around taking care of him. So, like, yeah. where's the money come from? Uh, again. Ooh, Ta-da! Ba-na-na-na. <sighs> and so he's, he's just dragging his wife. He's just like... Right well, in front of her. <laughs> it's her fault I'm sick all the time. She makes me think that I'm sick. And, you know, the two of you were just here to push me through death's door. It's awful. It's the worst. I'm not actually dying, but what if I was dying? (laughs) God. He's so dramatic. And so the doctor's like, all right, well, I'll see you tomorrow. And he's like, "Mm, just bring a death certificate when you come here because I'm dying. Like, all the hypochondriacs I've known, it's like... Something happens to them right then and there, or something makes them think they're about to die. It's not long con gonna die, like, fucking this guy. I mean, <laughs> with a lot of hypochondriacs, I don't even think it's gonna gonna die. It's like, you know, you went and looked on IMDb, and it's like, oh, I have multiple sclerosis. Yeah. But part, also part of that is IMDb as well. Or not IMDb. <laughs> WebMD! <laughs> the International Movie Database! <laughs> International Medical Database, excuse you. <laughs> the movie database told you oh, you oh my God. I've been looking up the movies in the wrong place. <laughs> Pancreatic cancer, that was a great flick. Loved it in the 70s. <laughs> oh boy. Lyme disease, classic. Jane Fonda was in that. <laughs> But so anyway, (laughs) a lot of internet diagnosis has led to an increase in hypochondriacism is what I'm trying to say. There was no internet back then. There wasn't. This is all in this dude's head. I'm saying now. Uh, That's a a thing now. A lot more people are hypochondriatic. (laughs) Because they go to IMDb. (laughs) I'm glad I have that app on my phone. God, I want to die. Okay. Looking up Holloway's I'm going to (laughs) die. I have a headache? Oh, I must be having a stroke. I love that movie. (laughs) It's a great movie. So Bettiger's like, oh yeah, my wife would love to see me die. Because, you know, straight people want to see each other die. And so the the doctor's like, alright, well, I'm leaving. Goodbye. And uh, Ethel Bettiger, we don't find out her name for a little bit, but we'll just call her Ethel now. She uh, walks to the door with the doctor and she's like, alright, what's really up with him? And he's like, no, literally, he's fine. he's super fine and she's like but he's sick all the time and we got a real quick shot that's my favorite (laughs) shot in this episode of him sitting in the bed and he's got the scarf like wrapped all around his head (laughs) it's so hysterical just deadpan he's trying to be so serious but he looks like a damn fool it's true he looks like some old Russian lady and it's like a half second shot like blink and you miss it of him sitting there with the scarf 
And he's, yeah, I think he's trying to hear them whisper. Maybe. Yeah. Well, how's he going to hear them whisper? He covered his ears with a scarf. He's not smart. He's not a smart man. <laughs> Which um, is a recurring theme. <laughs> we haven't seen a single smart protagonist. <laughs> Bookman. Bookman had, kind his, of. had his moments, yeah. At the end, he was smart. In the beginning, he wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he just talked to people in his apartment. When, once, he, once he figured out that the jig was up. And that he should go along. We can't talk about Bookman again. He got okay, his time. Okay. But yeah, he's probably the smartest protagonist we've seen so far. So <laughs> the doctor's like, okay, well, you look run down and like garbage because <laughs> you take care of your whiny husband. So how about I write you up a script for some vitamins, you know, to <laughs> help you? And Becker's complaining about a draft. Yeah, yeah. He's like, Oh, I feel a coma coming on from this draft. A full-on coma. Straight up. I'm sure the best thing for Ethel would be if he just fell into a fucking coma. And you know what? I, just, I love it. Is that he feels this draft, which when I first heard it, because the shot of him in the bed is down the hallway, I thought, like, you know, they just opened the front door and he feels that draft. No. Five feet to his left, the window is open. He can't get up and he close He cannot in. get it himself. No. Absolutely not. Never. So she goes back in, and yeah, he's like, mm, the window is open. How are you trying to kill me? I'm dying. You're actively trying to kill me. <laughs> Do you know how many germs <laughs> are in a cubic foot of air? <laughs> and then she says right along with him as he quotes the number, you know, 8,900,000. It's She's heard it a thousand billion times yeah. as she closes the window. And so she's adjusting... All the blankets that are on him because he pulled them all up over himself. And while she's doing this, he rips the vitamin script out of her hand and he's like, well, what, what is this? He says I'm fine, but he gave you a prescription for something. Behind my back. How dare he? <laughs> and so she's like, that's vitamins. For me. For me. I hate you. <laughs> God. Please just let me have one nice thing. <laughs> and he's like, what are you... What do you need vitamins? What's wrong? I'm dying. And he's giving you vitamins. What? Walter, you're being dramatic. (laughs) What are you talking about? What? Yeah, and then she wants him to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's like, stop everything you're doing and leave me alone to die in peace. And she's like, okay. (laughs) And he freaks out. He's like, what are you talking about? She's like, I'm going to leave so you can go to sleep. And then, and then he has no problem getting up saying, I can't sleep right yeah. now. He's like, I have to go on my tirade about why I have to die. Jumps right out of bed. Hops right out of bed to bitch about death. Couldn't, open, couldn't close a window earlier, but now Mm-mm. to complain. Now to complain. He's got to pace around the room. <laughs> and so he's like launching off just, the world goes on for millions and millions of years, but people die as soon as they're born. And Ethel, like, walks out in the middle of it. Oh, God, yeah. She she does a great eye roll, because I'm sure she hears mm-hmm. this twice a day. Oh, yeah, the best eye roll. And, then <laughs> you know, she just leaves him. Just bye. She's just like, okay, cool. I don't know why people die. I don't have time for this. You do this every night. I'm, tr- I'm trying to live my life. I'm going to sleep on the couch again. Literally. Keeps talking. He just keeps talking. Yeah, yeah, Walter's looking in the mirror, and he... Gets back in bed, bemoaning, you know, why can't I live a hundred years or three hundred years? And then a mysterious voice mm. says, oh, why, uh, why don't you live five hundred or six hundred years or a thousand? We're doing another cool thing with the camera where we're looking in the mirror at what's kind of happening over there. And it's, we've seen this a few times in these episodes and I really like it. Well, it works, it, so they it, like it too. It's it it works, and they like it, and also it's the element of surprise. It it's like they're holding the mirror up to the real world by putting the camera at the mirror. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shakespeare wrote about it. I wouldn't know about that. There, yeah, You've read more Shakespeare than me. <laughs> there's a specific line about to hold the mirror up to. Society. That's just like that thing of like wanting to reply no to something and they type out like the one line in Hamlet or something. (laughs) It's like, oh yeah, line 32, he talks about a mirror. It's like, what the fuck, Jess? (laughs) Listen. I'm just kidding. I wasted a lot of time with Shakespeare. (laughs) Um, 
this mysterious voice says one out five five hundred is six thousand years, whatever the fuck. But you know, there's no body attached to it yet. <laughs> Bettiger's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're only here for a little time, and then you're stuck in the ground for eternity. And then with worms, with worms, yeah, the worms. Oh no! <laughs> and then beside him, though he's not acknowledging the dude, a man in a nice suit shows up, and he's like, "Oh yeah, that sucks." Mm. Mm, yeah, in the ground. Oh, it's the worst. I bet. <laughs> he's like, "Bettiger, I agree with you a hundred percent." And then Bettiger freaks out. He's like, "Whoa!" Finally sees him. He's like, "Huh." How'd you get in here? And the man introduces himself. He's like, oh, Mr. Cad... Cadwallader? Cadwallader, yeah. Cadwallader. I always want to call him Cadwaller. Yeah. But it's Wallader. There is an extra D in there. To be extra. Cadwallader. The extra D stands for devil. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise, he's the devil, folks. Psych. And he's like, uh, the... The, the name's not important, it's just what I'm calling myself this month. I like how it sounded, you know. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Picked it up off this guy I killed. Yeah. Bettiger immediately gets up and checks the window, because he's like, did you come in through the window? But now it's locked, because his wife closed it earlier. He's like, how long have you been here? <laughs> and the devil's like, oh, I've been here a long time. I've been here the whole time. I heard everything you said. Everything. And I think... I got a little plan for you, because you look like a man who's ready to make a deal. <laughs> Shuffle up and do! <laughs> and so he's like, mm, I got what you want, and all I want is return is something you'll never miss. <laughs> and so he's like, yeah, I can give you some extra time. Who cares how much time you want? You want, like, a million years? It's fine. Whatever. And he's getting up, he's checking out himself in the mirror, fixing his uh, his suit. And he's like, it's all just semantics, the amount of time that you have. It doesn't mean anything. And so Bettiger's like, mm, okay, but like, what do you want? <laughs> like, this sounds great. What are the terms? This, you know, immortality you're offering me, it sounds super. And he's like, mm, I don't know. It's just a little something. I guess we'll call it, uh, if we have to pick a word, your soul. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> Good. It's so Simpsons of you. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I, while I was rewatching this episode last night, I wound up watching Simpsons clips of all the times the devil shows up. Of course you were. <laughs> Listen, I got a brand. So once the the idea of soul comes up, Bettiger's like, you're the devil. <laughs> And Catwallader's like, yeah! Oh! And it actually, sp- I like how it spooks him. He's like, oh, wait, you are? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> and so the devil's like, all right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, me. It, it me. But if you know already, why not? Yeah. And <laughs> he's like, all right, well, on top of the, the unaging, I'll also make you indestructible. He uh, pulls a contract out of his pocket, and he's like... Well, you know, there's one more thing. If you ever get tired of living, you just, you know, think of me and I'll come kill you. Kill you. Right there. And that's your escape clause. I'll make it really quick and painless. Just escape from living clause. And so Bettiger's like, yeah, okay. Because he's so sure he'll never want to die. Well, first he asks about his appearance. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So he's like... God forbid he doesn't ask about that. No, it's true. It's smart of him to ask about. Ugh. So he's like, what about my appearance? And better... Cadwaller. Cadwaller. The devil. The devil. Devil's like, I can't do anything about that. <laughs> and he gets this... <laughs> Bettiger has this great offended look. He's like, mm. It's like, bet you ugly. <laughs> don't, don't fake. No. It's like, well, can I at least not like, have to age anymore, so I don't look like a withered old prune in 500 years. Yeah. Calwell was like, yeah, all right. Yeah, okay. sure, what, sure, whatever, sure, whatever, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. whatever. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. It's fine, it's fine. I guess. I guess. And so Bettiger's like, all right, yeah, cool, got yourself a deal. So he puts the contract down on the bureau there, produces a pen out of Nothing. midair. Just pen. Goals. Truly. Goals. Hands it to Bettiger, he signs the contract, and the devil's like, Oh boy! 
and then just out of nowhere lifts this big old stamp, mm-hmm. this big old smoking stamp, and slams it down on the bureau. Done. Picks it up, the contract comes with him, he plucks the two apart. <laughs> Throw the contract on the floor, it flutters down, and we can see that the, the stamp had a big old pitchfork on it, which cool. want that so bad to just sign everything with. So Walter leans down, he picks it up, and he's gone. Oh no. Um, he truly was the devil. And we still haven't read this whole contract. Absolutely not. <laughs> Guys, so <laughs> the whole stamp thing is so extra. And it's worth watching this episode It's for. amazing. It's so amazing. It's also, just to see Bedeker's expression sometimes is worth watching the episode. The episode is very good. Yeah. People are doing good performances. Bedeker goes over to the radiator, which is steaming and hot. <laughs> Fucking... If it's steaming, I'd leave the whole apartment. Yeah. Like, that much. (laughs) It's steaming an awful lot. Well, that's to show that it's on. Yeah. And he, uh, taps it and gets a little tss. But it doesn't hurt. Oh, no. Oh. Better tap it again. So he puts his hands on it. Like, full force, both hands down on the radiator. And there's a lot of tss. And his hands are smoking, but he's not harmed. So he's like, ah, shit. Let's go! <laughs> it's true, it's all true. And so he's laughing, laughing. He goes, picks up a big tray of ointments and pills and whatever the hell he had beside his bed. Opens the window. Throws it out the window. Chucks it. You hear all the bottles breaking. Glad all those homeless people got those pills on the street. 100%. <laughs> and at that point, Ethel comes back in the room and she's like, uh, The fuck what? Walter, what? And he's like, hey, check it out. It's the brand new me. So we come back and the scene opens in uh, a subway station. And Bettiger's there kind of milling around with the other people. Yeah, and it's intended to be like a few days later. Is it a few days later? I thought it was just like the next day. Well, because he's already had the bus accident and another accident. He said he was in a burning building. I mean, he could have gotten... Unless he did it all in one day. He could have had one very busy day. I would imagine it's a couple days later that he does one accident a day. (laughs) Maybe, who knows. But so he's uh, hanging out, waiting for the the train to come. And we see the train coming. And just before it gets to the platform, he jumps down onto the tracks and gets run over by the train. Mm-hmm. Much to the dismay of all the extras also standing on the platform. Like he's just diving into a pool. Yeah. <laughs> just, Whoops! Whoop! <laughs> and, like, one woman faints, and, like, the... Some tra- run away. The transit cop is shouting. <laughs> Everyone's real shook up. And the train passes, because I guess it wasn't going to stop there anyway. Because sometimes trains don't do that. They'll skip a stop. Or whatnot. Alright, you you can have your train podcast some other time. <laughs> we know you uh, love trains. No. <laughs> Listen. Yeah? I know I'm a known train fucker. You are, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the train passes. As they do. As they tend to do. And uh, Bettiger's just there on the tracks. So he's completely unscathed, but his suit's real fucked up. Real fucked up. Which is... <laughs> it's I don't know, it's a nice piece of costuming. I like how progressively more and more fucked up it gets. Yeah. Because he only owns the one suit, I guess. And so in the in the next scene, he's in his house uh, having a check. Well, hold on. Hmm? When he gets helped up from the tracks... Oh, yeah, yeah, they help him up from the tracks. They're all very confused, and the, the train... Cop. Transit cop. Yeah, he's just like, there should be nothing there! He should have just been gone! <laughs> you should be fucking dead! <laughs> Medigrid's like, yeah, 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 go get your insurance adjuster. Bye. Bye. <laughs> so in the next scene, we see the the insurance man signing over a check to him for $1,000, which would be about $8,500 today. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And Bedeker's like, that's it? That's the... What? What? I went under a train! <laughs> and the dude's like, well, you're not hurt at all, so... There's not a single scratch on you. Uh, yeah. So it, yeah, that's all you get. That's all you're getting. 
This one adjuster leaves, but on his way out, he runs into another man coming in. <laughs> and it's not the first time this has happened. You can tell yeah. that they've run into each other. Yeah, they're like, oh, hey, Jack. Hey, Frank. <laughs> yeah, we had a train crash. And he's like, oh, this one's a bus accident. <laughs> and Bettigrew's like, you, leave. You, get in here. <laughs> and his his suit is just completely in tatters. Like, the sleeve is ripped all the way up to the elbow, so it's just flopping around. Went home and God forbid he changes. No, he owns that bathrobe and the suit. He's immortal now, so he doesn't have to be presentable anymore. No, not at all. And his poor wife's just sitting in the back. Oh, it's true, yeah. She's just hanging out. She doesn't know what's happening. Like, literally, she yeah, she doesn't question anything. She doesn't question him until after, which is very nice of she, her. She's very tired. Very tired. Very tired. She could take care of He was mostly bedridden per his orders. Per his own orders. But now he's up and walking around bothering her in every single room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God forbid. If she can't get a moment's peace even more than before. <laughs> and so the other adjuster signs over a check to him too and he's like, cool, yeah, I'll take your money, but you're real boring, so leave. You bore me. <laughs> you bore me. And then he, he gets up and he's like, Ugh. I've had 14 accidents. Wouldn't you think there'd be something exciting about it? <laughs> and Ethel's like, hey, can you, like, be grateful that you're alive or something? Like, come on. What are you talking about? He's like, mm, no. There's no thrill on this. There's no excitement. And it's like, hey, listen. The real thrill is respecting your wife. <laughs> <laughs> respecting your wife was the friends we made along the way. It's true. Drinking that respect your wife juice. <laughs> no, but yeah, he's he uh, and then he spills the spills the the crap about immortality, and she's yeah. like, um, he's just like, oh, I swear he's cheated me. What good is being immortal if there's no fun in it? And he he's real cavalier about just like saying that yes. he's immortal. Yeah, to anyone basically, to anybody who will listen. And she's like. Are you feeling okay? And he's like, mm, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, whatever, shut up. <laughs> what the fuck ever. Now there's nothing for me to complain about because I can't die. Oh, I guess I'll <laughs> go to the bathroom and just start mixing up liquids. Yeah. And so, yeah, he takes out, like, some some rubbing alcohol and some iodine. He asks her to get him some ammonia. And she's like, what? Okay. Yeah, we have ammonia. Here you go. He pours it in a glass. Makes up this awful mixture, just downs it, and she's like, what the fuck? This poor woman. This poor, poor woman. She deserved the immortality. Yeah. So she could long outlive her awful husband. She could sleep for however she wanted. She could have a fucking rest. (laughs) God. And so he puts it down, and he's like, I just drank a bunch of poison, and it tastes like lemonade. Weak lemonade. Weak. <laughs> and she's like, "What are you talking about? I'm gonna get the doctor." <laughs> and he's like, "Nope, <laughs> bitch, you ain't. Don't you do any of that shit." And he's like, "You know what I think I'll do in order to feel alive? Because I don't. <laughs> since I can't feel alive because I'm no longer dying, I'm gonna go up to the roof and I'll jump down the light well." And she's like, no. Please don't. (laughs) Please don't. Because for some god-awful reason, she still cares about him. So, God, yeah, just let him go. (laughs) Lord. And so she's trying to stop him, and he's like, "Mm, push away. Go drown in the tub, Ethel. Go drown in the tub. God. Uh, He's a sucky person, but that line (laughs) is... So we got, go to the devil and go drown in the tub. Yeah. High quality... Ways to tell people to fuck off. Horrible men. Good comebacks. Well, the other one was a woman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Barbara told him to go go to the devil. Walter runs up to the roof, and Ethel chases after him. I could have swore he said something else in that spot. He's just running his mouth, saying a bunch of shit. Oh, no, it's on the roof, sorry. Yeah. It's the potato thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get up to the roof, and she's like, please come back to the apartment. I'll make you some potato pancakes. You love potato pancakes. He's like, mm, you're a potato pancake. <laughs> Literally word for word. Not even like exaggerating modern slang says, you're a potato pancake. You are just as boring and tasteless as a potato pancake. Again, so rude. You want zest for life. 
You could just love your wife. Hey. Hey. Bless. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. Zest for life? Love your wife. Jess, we have to start a clothing company right now. If we ever have merchandise for this show somehow, <laughs> it, it just says zest for life, love your wife we'll, on it. We'll start an Etsy. <laughs> we could. We could. There's literally nothing stopping us. Nothing says we Oh can. my god, my brother has a t-shirt press. <laughs> Call him up. We need some shirts that just say zest for life. Love your wife. He's in, He just got engaged last year, so I'm sure I can make him one, too. There you go. Because he's going to fucking wear that. <laughs> oh, gosh. Is this from something? No. No? Yes. <laughs> Don't listen to our show. They're not going to tell you anything about my life except give me a t-shirt. <laughs> Please put this thing on a t-shirt. Thank you. He wouldn't mind at all. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> he can do, like those car sticky things and he's always like do you want one and i'm like uh, i'll take a car decal that says that's for life love your wife <laughs> that's true it's very true it'd be very easy to make uh all right coming soon <laughs> our uh our essay there's only gonna be one item there no there's two there's a t-shirt and a car decal <laughs> true there's the t-shirt and the car though decal. he can't he can make you know like coasters and stuff he can make a bunch of stuff now we're just gonna have a whole bunch of shit but it's only gonna say this one thing or go drown in a tub <laughs> or uh, go to the or, devil or one side says go drown in the tub and the other one says that's for life love your wife yeah all right yeah, he can make. He got this new <laughs> press that makes a lot more than just t-shirts. Mm. So he can do, you know, coasters and put stuff on glasses. Ooh. And uh, yeah, he does the car decals. Damn. Yeah. All right. And he's always like, "Do you want something?" Because <laughs> then I can have a portfolio. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he wants our, no, he, he, our no, shitty no. idea. In he his would portfolio. not want that. No. <laughs> God. So man with no zest for life, not loving his wife, up on the roof. <laughs> yeah. And Ethel's still trying to get him to not jump down this uh, hole in the roof. And she's standing in front of him. As he's walking forward, she's shuffling back to the point that, you know, she trips, falls over, and falls 14 stories. Yeah. And he just watches her go. Literally no reaction. It's true. Just none. Not even, oh my god, she fell, just... Not, not even surprised. Like, fucking... He's just like, hmm, scene. Watching paint dry. Wonder what it felt like. He... I think that's the only time he does smiles. Like, oh, I wonder yeah, what he gets, felt Yeah, he like. gets like a smirk. Yeah. And then he lights a cigarette, and then we see him get an idea. Yeah. We see the discovery of, oh, I know what I'll do. Well, there's a little tiny part of that when he thinks to go drink the poison. You see him like, oh, wait, I could go do that right now. <laughs> But yeah, this is the big one of, oh, hey. Yeah. She's dead. Yeah. Well, that's, that's acting. That's an acting mm. thing of show that your character thought of something. Which, yeah, you know, they all acted very well in this it's episode. True. Good performances this episode. <laughs> We've had so very few. Or it's just like one. But yeah. these are these are all around good Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all around, everybody's doing a good job. Yeah. So, Walter goes back downstairs very nonchalantly dials the phone. Yeah, he, he's got the, the receiver in one hand, his cigarette, his lit cigarette in the other. His just... cigarette and his limp wrist in the other. He's just like, mm. So a, I says to Mabel, I says. It's such a good image. It's wonderful. And so he says, operator, get me the police. And he gets the police. He's like, oh, hello, police. <laughs> it's me, Walter. <laughs> it's me, Walter. I live at such and such street, apartment 1214. Please come here. He's like, oh, no, no, there's no trouble at all. I just killed my wife. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> Honestly, like, what are you guys up to tonight? What are you guys doing? No, yeah, I'm not gonna go anywhere. It's fine. I'm right here. Yeah. Yeah. We're just hanging out. Okay, I'll see you guys soon. All right. No, you hang up first. <laughs> God. So he hangs up the phone and he's like, I'm gonna see what the electric chair is like. Gonna go give that a whirl. He's into some weird shit. No, honestly, <laughs> like you see, you see someone die that you you can say you're the cause of. Which he had a good fifty fifty of saying she just fell. 
Yeah. That's when I first saw that. And I was like, dude, I'm like, and then I realized he wanted the chair. I was like, oh, of course he's blaming himself. Mm -hmm. Well, not even blaming himself, but he's like, I'll take this blame. Yeah. Because I can use it to get to the electric chair. Yeah. Like his brain just jumps right to the consequences of how it could hurt him. And I'm like, buddy, (laughs) how can I make this work for me? Literally. The whole episode is just like that. Well, it, he tells us in the very beginning. Very he's like, beginning. This man, all about himself. All he cares about in the world is what can everybody do for me? And how much of a freak can he be in an electric chair? <laughs> I would say need me a freak like that, but Mm-mm. Lord no. Mm-mm. 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 We'll find an episode where we can sing that. Yeah. We'll bring it back. I miss need me a freak like that. Need me a freak like that. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, true. I forget where it's I forget who the original one was. God, why do we suck? We're just the worst. We just say things to each other and then we don't fucking remember them. Ever. But now we have a show, so... Yeah. We can sort of remember. Sort of. <laughs> it's on a record now. <laughs> Next scene, he's uh, in jail. And he's... Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. And he's gonna talk to his lawyer, who is... Completely mystified. He's trying. He's trying, but he's like, I don't understand why you want to be convicted. It's like, I ask you questions and you're not helping. You won't lie to anybody. You won't do anything I'm suggesting to try to help you, like, lessen your sentence. And he's like, no, no, don't do any of that. No, 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 no. We've been doing the trial for five days. Okay, here's what we're going to do. I've got a legal defense prepared. And he's like, throw that away. Get rid of it. It, it's fine. It, whatever. I do not need that. I don't need this at all. And he's like, hey, do you, like, know what the consequences of your actions are? And he's like, I don't know what. What's, uh, what's, what's it going to get what me? What is it? Yeah. What is, no, no, you say it. <laughs> what are you going to do? Fry me? And he's like, it's death in the electric chair. And he's like, mm, Nice. <laughs> I think you'll find if anyone tries to fry me in the electric chair, they're just going to get a big electric bill. He's like... <laughs> Again, super cavalier about just being like, mm, I can't be killed. He thinks he's so fucking witty. God, he's fucking not. He's just a, such a bitch. Yeah. Walter Bedecker, we should do, you know, the biggest bitch. And Walter Bedecker's in the running right now. Biggest bitch. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, well, I'll just, guess I'll just get convicted. Guess I'll die. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Guess I'll die. <laughs> guess I'll die. We'll find a meme for every Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, every episode you get a meme. Like a like a, a big meme, yeah. A big meme. Big mood big meme. Yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> and so then at his sentencing, the judge is like, Alright, you know what's up, right? He's like, No, I got nothing else to say. He's like, Okay, well, this court sentences you for the first degree murder of your wife to Life in prison. Prison, 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 prison. prison. And his lawyer's real excited. He's He's like, like, I did it. I did it. I'm the best defense attorney. It's me. I didn't didn't get you murdered. You didn't die. You don't have to die. Yeah. Hooray, me. Which I really was rooting for that guy. It's true. He's trying so hard to defend this awful man. To the point that he got him life imprisonment. Yeah. Rather than dying. Yeah. But Walter's like, what? You, no, li- no. Li- life? Life? Life, <laughs> life though. Like, life. Li- life in- imprisonment? Like, like the whole life? <laughs> <laughs> so when when you say life... I mean life. What are we... What are we talking about here? What are we talking about? Whose life? Let's, uh, let's talk about this. <laughs> the lives of everyone at the jail? Your life? Your life? The life of a 40-year-old aging man with health problems? It can't be my life. No. No. That's forever. No, no, no. And so we fade to him wistfully hanging on the bars of his his prison cell before he's to be transferred to the penitentiary. Realizing he can't get his rocks off on death anymore. (laughs) God, he's so horny. Because he's stuck in a prison cell. He's so horny for death. (laughs) God. (laughs) That's what I thought of when I first saw him and he was so upset. Like, yeah, you're gonna... He doesn't even care about the consequences of, like, if he did spend an absorbently long time in there and someone being like, what's going on? And he doesn't even seem concerned about that. 
I was like, he's just mad he can't kill himself anymore. Yeah. <laughs> God. So a, a prison guard brings him supper and is like, all right, this is your last night with us before the penitentiary. We're here. Which you're in forever. <laughs> <laughs> so the guard's like, hey, look on the bright side. What's life, you know? Hey. 40, 45 years. Yeah, you can do that standing on yeah, your head. Nothing. That's fine. It's fine. It's whatever. I was always curious why he said you can do that standing on your head. Like, a normal person couldn't. 40 years is a long time for a normal person. Does he know that Becker is immortal? Because he tells it to fucking everybody? I got the impression that, like, since Becker looks so healthy... I guess. That'd be easy for him. Maybe. That's the only thought I had. Other than that, it's just a weird line. I just thought he just opened his goddamn mouth to the guards at prison. He could have, but I feel like he didn't. Because he was very avant-garde with it, with uh, Ethel. Mm -hmm. And he kind of, he was vague about it, like, kind of like nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Flipping with the lawyer. With the lawyer. He didn't outright say immortality. But, um, I don't think he would have said it to the prison guards. I think, maybe it was just a really big phrase back then. I, I guess, yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Bettiger sits down, and he's just got his head in his hands. He's like, no, 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 And then he remembers the escape clause in his head. That he can just wish himself to not be alive at any point. And Catawaller appears to him in kind of a weird special effect where he's semi-transparent standing in front of him. And he's like, yeah, how about that escape clause? How's that life in prison? Mm, how's great. How's that 10,000 years in prison you were going to get? Would you, uh, would you like to die now? You little bitch. <laughs> little bitch can't hack it in prison, eh? Kind of knew he would get into that. He was end up there. Mm, I knew he'd do some bad shit and want to die. So here I am to take advantage of everything. Only the drama queens get the escape clause. <laughs> and so Pettigrew's like... Uh, yes, just, please. He just nods weakly. Catwaller's like, Huh, you know, you look like a man having a heart attack. Exactly, like a man having a heart attack. And then Bettiger keels over and he's fucking dead. (laughs) Wasted. And this little prison guard comes running. Yeah, he comes running because he hears somebody fall over. Yeah, which is a weird thing to hear. I mean, you could hear a body hit the floor. Prisons have have like a cement floor, don't they? Yeah, but like the... The it's sound a- of human meat hitting a cement floor <laughs> is a noise. I guess. And he's the only one there. Oh, yeah, so he any, was the only one. Any noise that is made, you know that that's him. He just had a special interest yeah. with this one fucking prisoner. Yeah. God. So he runs in, finds him dead, and he yells to the other dude to, to call the doctor. And he just goes, Ah, oh, poor devil. Zing. <laughs> Our closing narration comes in to take us home. That uh, we're all born and condemned to die. Though we don't know when or how. And maybe it's good that way. So that way we actually care about living. <laughs> Unlike Walter Bettiger who got bored. And then the <laughs> devil got him. <laughs> and that's just how it is. In this bitch of a twilight zone. Oh man, maybe that should be the name of the show. <laughs> The bitch of a twilight twilight zone. This bitch of a twilight zone. JK, that's real life. It's true. We already live in it. We are in it right now, yeah. So did you like this episode? Yeah. Yeah. Alright. He had a flair for the dramatics. Very much so. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. Everyone was real good in this episode. (sighs) I also really like this episode. For... It, was, it was a good respite from the last one. It's true. We could literally only go up from the last one. Literally. God. So. <laughs> they didn't have any crazy camera angles for you. No, we didn't have any no Dutch dutchies. Angles. No Dutchies this time around. 
no duchies to pass on the left Because Walter side. was never confused about anything. <clears throat> True. He knew what the fuck was going on. He knew what was up. I don't know. I don't have anything else to say. This was a good episode. Yeah. Like, just, damn. I thought the ending was, you know, a little sudden. I thought there'd be, like, another scene after he kills over mm-hmm. to, like, wrap it completely up. I don't know. What else would there have been to wrap I don't, up? I don't know. I just felt it was sudden. But not, like, a bad sudden. Yeah. Not, like, holy shit, but, like, oh, yeah, he <laughs> dies. Okay, he's... And then that's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I was expecting a different ending. I don't really? mind the one we got. I mean, obviously he was gonna yeah. die at the end. He yeah. had to. Yeah. I just thought it was sudden, and I was like, oh, okay. It's no. over. <laughs> I mean, a lot of times that's, like, timing-wise. I think all the other episodes so far have, like, had this feeling of, like, you know, like, slowing down the scenes, and, you know, everything is getting wrapped up, and it just kind of ends with a death. <laughs> I think that's what caught me. Boom. Yeah. Because the rest of it, or like, or like the other ones have ended with like the spooky, like, thing happening. Yeah. Like, oh, she's in the fucking movie projector now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, or it's like, you're left with a sense of, what the hell? No, he's just, he died. No. Done. No. <laughs> I don't mind it. I was just wasn't expecting it. Yeah. Because it didn't have that spooky feel, but it was still good. Mm-hmm. Still a good episode. For as much as you don't like sell your soul to the devil once. I said that I don't like it. It's just, yeah, it's just used a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in The Simpsons. No. <laughs> They're making jokes on all the other stuff that mm-hmm. involves selling your soul to the devil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I don't know. I don't have anything else to say about the episode, so. Yeah. I guess that'll do it for us. <laughs> Gotta tell the listeners about stuff. True, yeah. Well, I mean, like. That's after the episode discussion. If we got if we got nothing else to say about the episode. No, it wasn't like, you know, thought provoking. Yeah. It was pretty straightforward. For, Which yeah. For as straightforward as a <laughs> an episode about a man gaining immortality. Yeah. And then actively wishing it away can be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that darn Bedeker. That darn Bedeker. Whatever you guys did for money, we'll never know. Who knows? Maybe he was retired. I was wondering if it was like it was a disability back then. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> this man is an extra bitch. Just put him on disability. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> no, because like, you know, oh, well, the doctor would be saying he's healthy, so I guess it wouldn't work. But yeah. like mentally unsound... Maybe. Though they would have just thrown him in a fucking hospital. Uh, yeah, true. He would have wound up somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. Next one, hopefully, we find out someone's job. <laughs> <laughs> it's not necessary, but still, I wonder. Can't yeah. help but wonder. Well, would you like to hear what we're watching next week? Yes. So next week, we'll be watching episode seven, The Lonely. Uh, in the year 2046, a, a convicted man serving his sentence on an uninhabited asteroid is given a female robot for companionship. Oh, no. Oh, no. All right, so we got the future. We got living on an asteroid. We got a future prison man on an asteroid. With a sex robot. With a sex robot. Nice. Okay. (laughs) I can't believe I wrote this episode of The Twilight Zone. I just realized that, yeah, so many of the ones I've seen have, have dealt with space and, like, I'm just realized we haven't dealt. We with haven't yet. gotten to a single space episode. So no. this is this is gonna be the Twilight's first freaky freaky episode. Mm, true, freaky spooky. True, yeah. This one's freaking spookier. <laughs> Twilight Zone two, freakier and spookier. <laughs> so yeah, so hopefully after this one, this is where it like really picks off because they're like, hey, that worked. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Green light. Uh, true, yeah. I'm looking at the next couple. People like the freaky stuff. Yeah, because the. The one after this one, the lonely, is the one with the dude and the bomb, and he's the last man on Earth, and he just wants to read. I don't know what that is. Oh, you don't know that one? That no. One? Okay, that one's a classic one. Uh, uh, I haven't seen the classic ones. <laughs> okay. I've seen the reruns on New Year's Eve. It, I mean, <laughs> they usually make, that, that's one of the ones that the the Futurama did in their uh, spoof show, oh. the Spooky Door, <laughs> or oh. the Scary Door. <laughs> so we can watch that one too. That one's okay. Yeah, well, we're gonna watch I mean, it, yeah. not two. <laughs> I mean, we'll, 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 we'll 
watch it, but not for a couple weeks. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Whatever. So. All right. Asteroid sex robot. Asteroid sex robot Felon. next week. All right. Rock on. That's going to do it for this week, though. Um, if you would like to get in touch with the show, let us know what you thought of the episode or what you think about uh, us. Asteroid sex robots. <laughs> Or us. Or, yeah, yeah. Tell us your opinions on asteroid sex robots. Let us know about your asteroid sex robots. Like, tell us about your OCs, your, uh, your, your, um, your thoughts of what the next episode might be, you know, because it's called The Lonely, so mm. they're probably both really lonely because she probably has a conscience. Mm, but possibly. You, possibly. Who knows? And so, because <laughs> you don't make ro- sex robots like they used to anymore. Nope. <laughs> They made sex robots with a soul back with a in the soul. day. Yeah, all the souls they stole, the devil stole from these whiny bitchy men, put them in sex robots. Done. Found it oh, out. Oh, no. Found it out how they did it back then. That's, because, yeah, that's hell. That's for, the secret formula. We're going to start making those again. That's hell for the whiny bitchy men, is yeah. now they have to be in a sex robot. Yeah. A female sex robot. A female yeah. sex robot. Yeah. I found out the formula. Let's start, oh, let's start production tomorrow. Call your brother up. <laughs> Gonna make the t-shirts. Gonna make the sex robots. Okay. <laughs> uh, if you want to tell us never to open our mouths again, you can email spookyspotpod at gmail.com or tweet at us at the spooky spot. If you would also like to hear me talk more, you can hear me on another podcast called Lupin Lottery. Um, that comes out every Thursday. It's not about Remus Lupin. It's not about Remus Lupin. <laughs> and it's not about a lottery now. <laughs> there's no real lottery. We just watch stuff in a randomized order. Um, the narration at the beginning of our episodes is done by my friend Tamara. You can find her on Tumblr and Twitter at Total Spivage. Until next time, stay spooky. Don't. Almost live dying.